0: Fall on Soviet people's television.
1: It's a beautiful day for a communist. Unless you're on the KGB list, you will do time in a salt mine. You will do slave labor. Hello, boys and girls. This is Mr. Rogers. Welcome to my neighborhood scheme. Oh, I'll bet that's my Russian postman, comrade McFeely coming you know he's kind of a funny postman sure not only does he deliver my mail he likes to open it too i guess he's just kind of curious sure uh, fred rogers oh hi mr secret policeman
0: pleased to be coming with me but why can you say crimes against state
1: i think so can you say cia spy oh sure come on let's go uh, do you boys and girls <laughs>
0: watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, live from
2: Siberia, for next 20 years.
3: <laughs> Yours truly, Brit Summers, at Please, it's the sweet sound of
1: success, the tune voted best, the number one tune this week.
0: Avocado, I love you in guacamole Whenever I'm lonely, my heart you will mend If you're a hard one, you know that I'll make you tender I don't know your gender but you're my little friend Well ever since my Juanita died I love to feel your warm insides You're green and slimy And I love you so Like star-crossed lovers We pulled the covers When I shot the lights you're the closest thing to chocha that I know Avocado you understand my problemos? You don't mock me the way most other vegetables would I miss my Juanita Oh, yeah, Lord knows I adored her Don't got no disorder Got no disorder you just pass the apple cover And I, 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 I'm good
2: Well, the ban has been lifted. We've got our avocados back. And much as I enjoy avocados and guacamole, what I don't understand is they're very fattening, but they're included in just about every diet you read. Well, okay, it's avocados. You have just tuned in to the Brit Summer Show on 95.3, 96.9... 103.9-1470-WWNN, as far as I know, uh, yeah, I am. Will this become a full-service station? I can only really hope so. With all the uh, bad news we've been getting this week, I'd like to start this show with some personal good news. It's been many, many years that I've been trying to secure my VA health benefits, and I'm Very happy to announce that the Navy got my numbers right, and I got them. Yes, I got my VA health benefits, finally, thanks in no small part to the perspicacious efforts of Congressman Ted Deutsch and his staff. Yes, you see, uh, a public servant that actually serves. They're actually out there. Oh, They're all the same. They're all the same. Well, no, no, they're not all the same. They had to take my problem all the way to the uh, National Archives, which you've been hearing a lot about in the news lately, because the typo that they made with my records back when I was in the service can only be corrected not through the Department of the Navy, but through the National Archives. And they did it. So thank you, Congressman Ted Deutsch and his erstwhile staff. And I got to tell you, what a relief. The veterans clinics are, well, at least the one I go to is very efficient. Everything's under one roof and they're very professional and, uh, and it's great. So that, that part, that's the good news for me this year. And something I, I couldn't get out of my head when, when I was there, by the way, they're doing checkups on me because it's been years. Oh, I'm all right. But they, they got to you know build a file on me or something. And that's fine. You know, running blood work and all this stuff. Because I, I never had a need for it before. But, but they, they have to do it for uh, for my record. And it was going through my head. This is socialized medicine. Actually, that's what that is. And I can't for the life of me understand why other vets who happen to lean right and, and watch Fox News and all that, why would you, why would they deny that type of health care to their family. I mean, they get it. Uh, you know, the old cranky vets, the ones that live in the villages, uh, they get this type of care. If we had socialized medicine in this country, everyone would get this type of care. And and it's like, <laughs> they're selfish. I get my care, and I don't care about my family or my kids or my wife or whatever, because uh, they would never vote for a Democrat who would want to have Medicare for All. I don't want to mention Bernie Sanders by name. They wouldn't... They, 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 Over their dead body, they'd vote for Bernie Sanders. But that's exactly what they enjoy. What he was pitching the, the whole time, and he still is, kind of, as much as he can. But that's what it is. Socialized medicine. How nice is that? You walk in, you do this, and if you need a script, they mail it to you. It's <laughs> It's wonderful. And if this country could only get its act together, everybody could enjoy that. But I, I gotta tell you, I've never been so grateful for my time in the armed services, in the Navy. And I don't want to get into it at any length, but I was stationed on an aircraft carrier in an air squadron. So I know a little bit, a tiny bit, about aircraft. Enough to know that when I'm in an airport and I'm looking at the flight schedules, and my flight is delayed, I am grateful for that. And here's what I'm driving at, uh, or flying at. Uh, if you've been in an airport, uh, you've probably witnessed flight delays, and you've seen the reaction. I'm talking even before COVID, before Trump. It's been commonplace for many years now. You see the anger and the frustration of the passengers and Damn it, it's been delayed again. You ought to be very grateful that that flight has been delayed. They don't delay it just to piss you off. There's a very good reason those flights are delayed. And you better thank Yashki that maintenance crews, pilots, air traffic controllers are taking the time and care and maintenance to make sure your aircraft will be airworthy. They go through a complete checklist before every flight and they have to check every box. And if there's one thing, no matter how small, that raises an eyebrow, the airline will delay the flight until that problem is resolved. And the aircraft is deemed safe to fly. Now, I'm not talking about weather conditions. That's a entirely different thing. There's nothing that can be done about that. But that's how it works, boys and girls. I'm not saying anybody in my audience is that way, but the passengers I've seen, and I'm certain it happens even more frequently now, uh, grow up, will you? Take the delay, because you don't want a half-assed aircraft landing to, to, to take you to where you got to go. And I got to ask the uh, FBI, Homeland Security, and I ask most of all, Merrick, Judy, Garland, blah, 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 blah. If a passenger's on a plane and some maniac attempts to open the door mid-flight, what's the reaction you would get from that? Would it be terror? Terror in the skies? Would it terrify you? Because that would categorize the person trying to open the door mid-flight or trying to overtake flight attendants. That would categorize them as, oh, let's see, terrorists! They've got a real uh, flimsy definition of what a terrorist is, even if they have no priors and uh, their actions were not planned in advance. Anybody causing those kinds of problems while in flight on an airplane are terrorists. How would you categorize the hijackers on 9-11? Would you say they were just frustrated passengers or would they be terrorists? Why is there a no-fly list? Well, what was the reason for that? And I'm addressing Marco Rubio, who's all for terrorists on the plane. I hope, I hope you're on a commercial flight sometime, and somebody attempts to open the uh, emergency door r- right by you, which on most jet airliners is right behind first class, and you too, Rick Scott, the uh, the village's uh, wonder boys. They're all for terrorism in the sky. They don't want any laws passed against terrorists on airplanes. They're all for it. That's the new Republican way. Now, Delta has taken measures to ban these people from ever flying their airline again. Okay. I believe that uh, the government should get involved with this with their no-fly list. And if they had no prior records, which is the big excuse, they had no prior records. Well, they have one now. Right? What is it with the logic here? I'm not even that smart and I can figure this out. I don't want to be on a plane with an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker Fox viewer who's trying to take the plane down because they're stamping their feet and they want to please their talk show hosts. I say shackle them, throw them in prison, and uh, let them serve a sentence, find them, and never let them fly anywhere in our skies again. Or am I wrong about that? Should should we just not do anything? Because they are devoted listeners to uh, AM Hay Talk and uh, viewers of Fox News. Should we just leave them alone for that? Does that validate them? Does that lend credulity? Why is there even a discussion about it? And another thing while I'm at it, they're not terrorists and they don't mean any harm, but they're selfish and inconsiderate. And I am referring to Parents who bring babies on a plane. Babies. Infants. Babies and infants do not belong on a plane. And that means neither do you. If, they, if anybody brings a baby on the plane, they should be banned as well. With the puking and the crying and the screaming and the yelling and the pooping. and It makes for a miserable flight for everybody just because these little people, they can't afford to rent a car. Or maybe they could. They bought the plane ticket. To everybody who, who is inconsiderate enough to bring an infant, a baby, onto a plane, here's a little advice for you.
0: Let Hertz put you in the driver's seat. Let Hertz take you anywhere at all. By the hour, by the day, by the week, or anyway, just let Hertz You
1: in the driver's seat Today It's
2: got to be one of the greatest jingles. And Hertz is in bankruptcy now. Could be because they abandoned that ad campaign. Hey, it's the Brit Summer Show. And speaking of the military... (laughs) uh, Darn tootin' that, Putin. Yeah, here's what I, I don't get about rootin' tootin' Putin. I always thought, and obviously I was wrong, I always thought, since he acted as puppet master for Trump, I thought he was like, you know, evil, but uh, clever, sly, sinister, but manipulative, very calculating. Uh, (laughs) Turns out, that guy's really stupid. I mean, that's the last thing I would have thought was Putin was stupid. What a dumb thing to do.
3: What an asshole.
2: And the entire or every industrialized country in the world, with the exception of China, in the world, has called Putin out as a madman. He is a war criminal. And who supports him? Who's supporting him? The Republican Party. That's, that's his new ally. And probably all the Cubans in Miami, too. Communista, Communista, except for Russia. Communista, Communista, except for China. That's okay. Only Communista down in Cuba. Any other kind of Communista, they're okay with that. They're okay with the Soviet Union, again. And what I said last week, it turns out that's what he wants. Ukraine ain't the only uh, country he wants to invade. He wants to spread his testicles throughout the world and conquer the earth. Uh, sound familiar? They're all the same. But if anybody's going to root for the bad guy, root for Spectre, root for Chaos, root for Thrush, <laughs> it's going to be the Republican Party, the entire Republican Party. They're against democracy. Did you ever in your life, and I know about the old school Republican, uh, we believe in uh physical policies and uh, all this and whatever it is. And, uh, they, you know, they were always racist. But they were anti-Soviet Union. I'd rather be dead than red. Remember that? The RNC, the GOP, is now an anti-democracy party. They're pro-Putin and they're pro-murder. Not, I guess, the, the Cuban, the AM radio down in Miami, the uh, communista, communista Cubans, they're going, Putin, he's okay. Yeah, el putin How about Khrushchev? How would you like him too? He bankrolled Fidel. Oh, you forgot about that. And then I hear the question, <laughs> do you think it's going to be World War III? Well, here's my answer. <laughs> no! And here's why. Because if it ever came to World War Three, what you'll get is... ova... It will be over. Nuclear proliferation. Can you survive that? Oh, maybe. That makes the entire earth glow orange. No, we'll never get that far where our grandkids can read about World War III. There won't be anybody around to read about it. No, it's not going to be that. Will there be an armed conflict? Maybe. Maybe. I'm talking about with other countries. If it's an armed conflict, uh, maybe uh, that could be construed as World War III. I don't know. But everybody's got nukes now. You can't really say World War III. Pakistan. Thank you, Bill Clinton, for that. Oh, by the way, Bill Clinton. Did Hillary made a speech last week. When and <laughs> Far be it for me to defend her, but she was right. Because of what Fox News is doing with their diversionary fairy tales, just to keep your mind off what's really going on uh, <clears throat> with the, uh, well, uh, not Benghazi, but uh, she was spying on Trump. She was spying on you know this ridiculous Durham report, which none of it is true. None of it. But don't confuse the villagers with that. And she said, quote, they're getting awfully close to malice, which means lawsuit time. And they all ran away. But if you're wondering why all this is happening with the Benghazi, Hillary, Hillary, listen closely. If you're wondering how all it has happened with the Benghazi and the spying on Trump and all this and all that and everything, they've been just uh, brutalizing you with <clears throat> on, on Fox News. You just uh, turn across the room there and look at that guy sitting there. Your husband, Bill, he is responsible for all of it. For if it wasn't for him, there would be no Fox News. He signed it into law. He said, you don't have to be a news agency or a news bureau or anything officiating any kind of journalism at all. You could just call yourself that. Yes, pen to paper. That's what Bill Clinton said in 1996. So if you're going to get pissed off and angry at anybody just point yourself towards Bill. None of this would have happened if it wasn't for him putting pen to paper to cut a deal with Newt Gingrich in 1996. Yeah, there you go, Hillary. Oh, is that just gentle reminder for you? Because I know you have the blinders on about that. And, And listen, I'm no fan of Hillary. You know that. I'm a Bernie supporter. But fair is fair. And she didn't do any of that stuff. Yet, the stuff she did do, nobody goes after her for. Being a union-busting attorney for Walmart for seven years. Nobody talks about that. No, she's for the American working class. She's for the Americans. She's a liberal. No, she worked for Walmart for seven years. Her job as an in-house attorney for Walmart was to keep the unions out of there. Yeah, but that, that's not uh, sexy. That, that's not the dramatic. So they've got to make things up and pull fairy tales out of their big, fat, fox, white ass. Anyway, you don't want a World War III. Well, I'm certain that the Fox News viewers do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I no. watched it on TV.
2: And then the other question I hear is, do you think America will unite like they did in World War II? And here's my answer. No. Not with the existing enormous communications, uh, broadcast media infrastructure that's being run by white nationalist Nazis. It's not going to happen. America will not unite. I'd say maybe three-quarters of the country will. But the others are just going to have to uh, take a slow boat to Moscow. So, uh, will America unite? Will it rise as one mighty force? Uh, No. No. No, they will not. In World War II, we had what was called newspapers. We had a viable press, which uh, vetted stories, which took pride in reporting on the truth and the facts. Uh, And there were like, you know, 600 newspapers in every town. And now, well, to use South Florida as an example, we have two newspapers here. We have, uh, in the Broward County area, we have the Sun... Sentinel, which is lovingly referred to as the Slum Sentinel, and they're owned by the Tribune, which is in Chicago. So we have a Chicago-owned newspaper in Broward County, in Day County. We have the Miami Herald, which is owned by McClatchy, or was owned by McClatchy, based in Sacramento, California. Yeah. Those are our local newspapers. And by the way, McClatchy went bankrupt and now is owned by a venture capitalist company, a hedge fund management company, what um, Chatham Asset Management, whatever, whoever they are. So, to, to make a long story short, we don't have any local news down here. Oh, sure, they have local reporters reporting the news, but when it comes to editorial decisions, they have to put it through to Chicago or Sacramento, California. And that's what we have. But anyway, in the 30s and 40s, No one really paid much attention to radio news, and the movie house newsreels uh, were dog and pony shows and beauty pageants and silliness. So for news back then, people turned to newspapers, which they had a variety to choose from back then, and all were on a level pretty much, Uh, and there was no entertainment involved with it, there was no glitter, there was no glitz, there was no... Zoops and zaps and buffers like they do on TV now. and they, they didn't run dance music behind a news story like they do now. I don't know whether to watch the news or dance, you know. They, they do that a lot. But no, it was just straight facts reported to you. Vetted facts. News stories that you got morning, afternoon, and evening. With the newspaper. So people knew, basically... What was going on, as opposed to now, when it's selective at best? Even the American Nazis, which we had in the 30s, with their father Coughlin on the radio, even they crawled back in their hole when World War II began. And some of them even went as far as ripping off the shoulder sleeve and uh, throwing away the Nazi flag. They, They saw what the real deal was, and they weren't happy with it. But that wouldn't happen now because everybody is uh, the fascist right, that is to say. They are just acolytes to whatever the uh, talk show or TV show hosts tell them to do or tell them to think. So, yeah, no, there won't be any unified America. They won't be waking up a sleeping giant. No, in fact, some of these sycophants for uh, Mother Tucker Carlson, they'll probably want to sign up to be in the Russian army. Or they're cheerleading Putin. There's nothing American about them. It's all about their rage, and it's all about their hate, and it's all about what their talk show hosts tell them what to think. So, if anybody's listening out there by any chance, is a white nationalist Nazi, uh, go go ahead, go to Russia. Bye bye bye. Go fight for your pal Putin. You want to suck on his nipples anyway. Ever since you saw that picture of him on a horse. Go ahead, go fight for Putin. Go be a cheerleader for Putin. Like, uh, meanwhile, Tucker Carlson's laughing his ass off at you assholes with his uh, Swanson frozen food money. You think he cares about you? That's why these are lonely, poorly educated, like Trump said. We love the poorly educated. Of course they do because they're easy. They're a perfect mark. I'll tell you what, good brother, I heard what Tucker said last night. I heard what Hannity said last night and today and tomorrow. I heard what they said this weekend. I- I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, good brother. If it was up to me, well, I would uh, just go home and watch more TV. Because they're not going to uh, enlist. They're not going to go to Russia and fight for Putin with his uh, big hard nipples. They're lonely. And they're, they're lonely, fat cowards who only find an audience at their local dive bar. <laughs> you ever see those guys in the park? Uh, well, if you ask me, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, if you ask me. Uh, all the uh, <clears throat> wisdom they extol to other drunks along the bar. <laughs> they can feel like they're worth more than five cents for ten minutes. Well, I'll tell you what, dear, good brother. And you hear them calling in uh, with their uh, 5x8 cue cards uh, to, like, the Tom Hartman show. Well, you ask me, Tom, and I'll tell you what there, Tom. Or or Randy Rose. Well, you know, Randy, you know, they get condescending. (laughs) And they're complete and utter morons. Who could, it, it amazes me. They know how to breathe. That that's not an involuntary muscle movement. It's like they have to focus and concentrate to breathe in and breathe out. Oh, hold on, good brother. I gotta, I gotta inhale. So like I was there. <laughs> it's so, it's so stupid. I'll tell you what, I know more than what you think. I saw this online, and I saw that online, and that talk show host, he told me a few things. (laughs) I mean, it'd be funny if it wasn't so dangerous. Because they've got the megaphone, they've got the microphone. And what's this with CNN? CNN, by the way, they're currently in negotiations of being sold to the Discovery Channel. I think so is HBO. And that wouldn't be... And that explains why Bill Maher has joined the dark side. Because the guy who owns Discovery Channel and wants to buy CNN and buy HBO is a huge Trump supporter. Are you surprised? Well, this surprised me, because they're not wasting any time with CNN. They're promoting an hour-long puff piece on, get this, Alex Jones.
0: I will eat your ass!
2: Yeah, never heard of Alex Jones? Tune in to CNN, I'll tell you all about the great Alex Jones on CNN. It's an hour-long special, or maybe a series for all I know. I just saw the promo for it, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Why Why give him the publicity, even if it, it, it isn't a puff piece? It, why give him an hour of time on CNN? A podcaster, a, a, a huckster who belongs in jail for scamming his audience, for selling bogus goods on his show with his fake elixirs and all this. He's a scam artist. So that's so right. So put him on CNN for an hour to do it. Mean, it's not a He's not on it. They're doing a documentary on him. Like, it's very important that everybody knows who this guy is. Nobody should know who he is. That's the whole point, right? No, put the spotlight on him. Put the spotlight on him, but Give Joe Rogan some time on there, too. He could use another $100 million. Well, CNN, man, they, they're falling apart. They really are. I mean, they're, they're losing it. They're. they're I'm watching more and more MSNBC. Because it's closer, to, a little bit close, not much. They got like it's kind of like the retired Republican channel, but they're doing news. They'll they'll mix up the stories now and then. They won't just toss it hour to hour at the same story. So I got to give them that. But CNN, come on, Alex Jones, really does he deserve any airtime? On that network? Well, I guess if you want to impress the guy who wants to buy your network, who owns Discovery Channel, I guess you gotta like kiss a little bit of his ass, huh? Is that what that is? I WILL EAT YOUR ASS! Well you know what that means for us? (laughs) The viewers who want to actually see news, uh, uh, digest news, uh, uh, maybe some breaking news stories now and then, and not, not just breaking news, it's a quarter after nine. Or, oh, man, I'm talking about real, hard-hitting stuff. Uh, those of us out here who who want that, we're not going to be watching CNN anymore. You're going to lose an entire audience. Okay, and you know, so you can compete with Fox. Is that the idea? So you can break up half their audience, and then what do you got? You're going to first of all, you're going to have to change your spot inventory to disposable catheters. I mean, it's bad enough you've got to run those J.J. Uh, Walker and Joe Namath commercials uh, incessantly. Hi, I'm Joe Namath. <laughs> that old rummy. And J.J. Walker, how's he doing? How's his career doing? Anyway, they're going to lose their audience. And where are we going to go? <laughs> I don't know. MSNBC, if you, if, you, if you put that alongside real news shows from before the 96 Telecom Act, MSNBC would pale in insignificance. In and, and and on top of that, as I've told you, and it's true, before the 96 Telecom Act, Fox News was called GOP-TV. And that's what the Telecom Act did. It legitimized naming something. You, know, you want to call yourself News? Go right ahead. Before that happened, before the 96 Telecom Act, it was against the law to do that, even on cable. You couldn't bill yourself as a news company or a news agency, and they never did. They're all billed as, or licensed as uh, entertainment venues. But uh, MSNBC, same thing. Prior to the '96 telecom act, MSNBC was called. Ready for this? And it was really a bad title. America's talking. Say. Americans Talking, Tune In Tonight. That's what it was called before. It was more like Entertainment Tonight stuff. And then when Clinton said, Hey, if you if you just want to call yourself news, go right ahead. Now I'm signing this here piece of paper to tell you guys, you can just call yourself news, news agencies if you want to. And that's what... <laughs> That's what MSNBC did to uh, compete against CNN. They changed the name from America's Talking to MSNBC. <laughs> we have no real news. Uh, I, I would say that the old school three networks, CBS, NBC, and ABC, they they have a real news bureau, okay? <laughs> they still have some integrity. And it's only a half hour, which is really all you need. You don't need 24-7. Half hours. Oh, that's fine. And the rest, you can read. Read. You know what? Your eyes. Not just a paper, because like I said down here, we don't have any local papers. We have one paper from Chicago and another one from California. But you can read read the customized filtered news you you see online. We're so screwed for news. It's a wonder, you know, because the Russian people with this... uh, Ukraine thing, it's been reported anyway, that the Russian people, as far as they're concerned, they're not even near the border. They're not even concerned with going in there. And that's because they have tasks. They have state-run news that tells them that. And they're like, okay. (laughs) It's like they have, that's their Fox News and they have nothing else. And you know where we're heading, Democrats? The same direction where there won't be any other news. Because Our leadership just doesn't want to know about media. Oh, I've been through that, haven't I? And I I didn't even get to run death sentence yet. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to do it. But I can tell you right now, he's flipping elderly people to the Republican Party without them being aware of it with the help of an out-of-state company based in Idaho. And he's bragging about it. He's bragging. He said, oh, look at all the new Republicans we have. Well, they're not not—they're unaware of it. And is there an investigation? Hey, maybe we should ask the attorney general of Florida to, to look into this. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe she hired that company from Idaho. Hmm. No, no that's not going to work. We're in Florida. And it don't snow. You know what don't snow? Still want to move here? Well, you can if you're gay or trans. They're going after the kids. You see, the transgender community is the weakest in, in society, the weakest link. We have the least amount of support. Uh, so they go for us first, because that's what a bully would do. They, they, they kneecap us. And then after they pass hate legislation against the LGBT community, then they go after the people of color. But actually, they kind of already did with the anti-voting laws. But there's more to come on this. It's going to be Jim Crow 2 and 3 and 4.0. Because the transgender community, we always get hit first. We, we are the testing grounds. And now they passed it. I knew they would. Our Republican legislators in this state who are lower than the belly of a snake have passed the Don't Say Gay bill. Now, what that means is... There will be no discussion in the classroom, any kind of curricular studies or whatever it is. There will be no discussion anymore in Florida schools, and Texas has the same thing, uh, about uh, gay, anything gay, not just transgender. But it will not be discussed in the classroom. It will not be explained. And if there is a trans student, the teacher is now responsible, or the school is now responsible to contact the parents. And I don't know what happens after that. Because there was an amendment that died in committee. The amendment was they contact the parents and then accuse them of child abuse. But that, 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 that didn't make it through. Which is kind of surprising, knowing these uh, feces-munching animals. And the douchebag who sponsored this bill, his name is Joe Harding, who I call Joe Hardon. And this douchebag's district goes from, uh, not far from here, uh, stretches from uh, Pompano to Boca. And if you look at this guy, (laughs) it all makes sense when you look at this guy. He looks like if you pulled the sheet off the head of a Klansman, it would look like Joe Harding. So let me just say, on behalf of the transgender community to Representative Joe Harding, don't wear a mask, don't get vaxxed, and catch COVID, long COVID, and Coxohoist to you. Oh, oh, yeah. And they're uh, not down here yet, but up in the north part of the state, they're injecting uh, radioactive waste deep into the Earth's pleasure centers.
3: Planting electrodes deep in the brain's pleasure centers.
2: Right into our fresh water system. Mmm, boy. You see, people don't know that don't live in Florida. Da 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 da. Our water just comes from the glades, the fresh water. It only comes from the aquifer and that is that. Oh yeah, we're surrounded by oceans and a gulf and all that, but that's all salt. When it comes to fresh water, the aquifer and Lake Okeechobee, that's always got. It is South Florida that is. North Florida they have springs and wells, and they have all those things. Down here we have coral rock under us. So no, they can't there's no concern about it. Nobody cares. Uh, the water's going to, It's infinite. It's an infinite resource. Is it indeed? Well, one of these days, you're going to turn the shower on and nothing's going to come out. Because about... Why? Because they probably built a new development somewhere out in the Everglades because they, they're dying to just pave that over. And that is <clears throat> our aquifer. Well, who cares? Right? Because the people that are doing it, they don't live here.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. They could poison our water. but Oh, but they're fine. Oh, we're fine. Yeah, I won't see them here. They don't have to be. It's like all the developers that, that live in, primarily in this Miami area. Developers in Miami, they're from the uh, South America area. <laughs> They don't care how much property they destroy. They don't care how many glass and steel, glass and steel, glass and steel office buildings and glass and steel, glass and steel condos they put up and ruin the skyline and ruin everything and just tear down anything of any historical significance. Just get rid of it, pave it over and put up glass and steel, glass and steel. And and, they do that in New York, too. Whenever they put up something new, it's a glass and steel building. Oh, how creative. Like the toothpick on 57th Street in Midtown Manhattan. The one that everybody makes fun of. We're going to see one of those toothpick buildings down here in no time. And then they're, they're building more toothpick buildings. They're calling some, some are called pencil buildings. And it's called Billionaire's Row because those are the, they're all residential. And it's the only people who can afford to live there are billionaires. And here's the great news. They're falling apart. They're top-heavy. They're too tall. They weren't engineered properly. The elevators don't work. There's constant flooding. There's constant windows breaking. in. Take a look at those things at, uh, in Manhattan. Especially the, uh, the toothpick. <laughs> go ahead, you're a billionaire. Go buy something in there uh, while you're rocking back and forth. They're too high. And you know, somebody's going to get hurt. Probably not the billionaires, but by falling glass into the street, that sort of thing, just, just pedestrians are going to get hurt. They're monuments to greed, which also brings a certain amount of karma.
3: And in other... Sure. Sure. In other alarming news, Florida, where the GOP has advanced its don't say gay bill... In the House. This is going to be awful for Florida's LGBTQ community and its karaoke bars. And next up is Jamie Singing Sexual Healing by Marvin Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> this bill, which the Republicans call the Parental Rights in Education Bill, stipulates that classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade. Not mentioning gender identity could make it hard to start the class. Good morning, boys and girls, and I'm fired. (laughs) On the plus side, the first day of fourth grade is going to get super interesting. (laughs) All right, Brandon, shut the door. There's a whole lot of cool stuff we've been keeping from you. (laughs) Don't tell the third graders,
0: or I'm... (laughs)
3: This bill would also give parents the power to sue violators. I hate to break it to you, parents, but whoever's trying to sue a teacher is going to be super disappointed. I'm going to sue you for all you got, mister. I'm talking your stubby glue sticks and every last one of your copies of Red Badge of Courage that you had to buy yourself. That'll teach you to teach.
2: You are think to the Brit Summer Show and that wraps the first half. I know if you're listening online, you're probably going, uh-huh. Yeah, it's the first half. <laughs> and everybody on the ground, you want to hear the second half, it'll be floating around the schedule sometime. Uh, they split it up. They st- it's still there, along with my PSAs, thankfully. And I would like to extend my gratitude towards the current management at the radio station for still running them. And PSAs for the new voting laws uh, will be uh, produced soon, because there's things going on here is just just... Uh, I'm going to have to really streamline it and get it authorized. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So everybody parked under the tower. Thanks for tuning in this week. And I'm going to be here again for you uh, (laughs) on the radio station still. Oh, so far, so good on 95.3, 96.9, 103.9, 1470, WWNN. This is the WWN Network. WWNN. You have the Ride to Vote. Round trip to your polling place and back. And it's free! With two-hour advance notification, our drivers will pick you up, wait for you to cast your vote, and take you home. Simply download the Ride to Share Vote mobile app or call 888-977-2250. For more information and service map for your area, visit ridesharetovote.com. That's one word rideshare, numeral two, vote.com.
3: It's Brit Summers at the Brit Summers Show.
2: This one goes back to the Iraq War, the last time oil hit $100 a barrel. So it's a little dated, but still fun to listen to. They
1: have all the oil they need. To keep the gas flowing Nothing more than corporate greed No one to control it, control it, control it, control it. That's some ridiculous call Upset with Clinton and sex Now these guys instead Are screwing you all. Price of a gallon, it's higher each time. Rape me, rape me, at the pump they rape me. They're making profits at an all-time high. Open war on the middle class, pathetic and trash. To say to Bush, kiss my ass. It's over. We've had it. You hear new spin every day, attempting to justify gouging the price high as the sky. Rape me, rape me. At the pump they rape me. They raise the price high as they like. Street,
2: they buy the power that's pumping us dry. Yeah, I saw a headline last week that said, Oil prices top $100 a barrel. What does this mean for you? Well, I'll tell you what it means. For me, it means gas prices are going to go through the roof. <laughs> And they already have. I have never seen it this high in South Florida. It did at one time. It peaked at around four. Uh, it depends on who's gouging the most. When I lived in uh, Boca Raton, uh, when the uh, Iraq invasion first started, I remember gas in East Boca hit five dollars a gallon. But if you went to West Boca, it was around three fifty. Well, we're going to see six and seven dollar a gallon. Oil prices uh, with this... uh, And and here's the thing. We don't get our oil from them. We have our own oil. They're just using it as another excuse to gouge us up the ass and rape us at the pump. More bits on that later. You're listening to The Pritz Summer Show on Skyhawk Radio, iTunes, FYI Nation, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon... SoFlo Channel, and South Florida Talk, AE Cast, and Radio Pubic, otherwise known as Radio Public. Let me tell you something. I got the best audience in the world. Everybody uh, does their part to help me out and keep this show on the air. And uh, I'm eternally grateful to everybody in my audience, even for just tuning in and sharing the link. I'm seeing it being shared on Twitter. Let me tell you something about Twitter. I hate it. I don't go on Twitter outside of uh, promoting the show. I'll drop the link each week when a new show drops, and that's it. And I'm out of there. Okay, Twitter is posted, and... I'm Gonsville, baby. <laughs> I can't stand Twitter. And I know it's the thing, but it appears to me that a large swath of our country, really enjoys arguments. And I don't. I want to avoid all the confrontation, all the arguing, all the sniping, all the online bullshit that goes on. And so, on Twitter, that's all you'll ever see of me on there, posting a show once a week. But thank you to all who do repost my link. My audience is growing steadily, and by that I mean people who Download and listen and stream and listen in their car. I sound good in a car. Hey, how do I sound on your speakers right now? It's 79 rain cool degrees outside, partly cloudy, Seas to a light. Chop, whatever that means. (laughs) I-95 traffic southbound is at a standstill. Uh, Just don't go there. See, I can fake it while you play me back in the car. Hey, have I mentioned the underwriter and special sponsor of this show? Ernie? We thank you! Ernie's doing it for me, baby, and everybody else. Thanks, Ernie. I'm running low on requests, Ernie, so uh, let me know. I know usually at this part of the show, I get goofy and play music and silly things, but uh, there's one thing I wanted to touch on, because I'm really, uh, well, I'm (laughs) fed up because this is just... Typical. First of all, the Ahmad Arbery case; those three that served a nice slice o' oh, justice, life imprisonment, federal hate crimes, good. And bye bye bye. But on the other hand, we had the uh, judge hand a decision down on the Kim Potter trial. Kim Potter, who without hesitation saw a black guy in a car and blew his brains out. Dante Wright, and. Uh, and more excuses than that. I thought it was a teaser. I didn't know what I was doing. Oopity-doopity-doop. <clears throat> uh, and then she cried. Which is standard fare for the defense to say, get on a stand and cry. It worked for Kyle fucking house. It worked for him. Get up there and cry. Cry. You don't have to be real tears. Just do your best at acting it out. Just, just cry. And when I see a white lady cry... I think you're going to get a really light sentence. And they were right. They uh, gave her what amounts to about 10 minutes in jail for blowing this kid's brains out for no reason other than driving while black. Well, you should be satisfied with a two-year sentence. Well, that was... No. She should have got life. And in her case, when it comes to racism... And, and racial hatred to the point of murdering somebody who has a, a different skin color than you, I'm I'm of the mind that, uh, yeah, death penalty for you. Because those people, if the table was turned, would well, want the same thing. Only their type of death penalty is hanging from a tree. And what this Kim Potter did, in my view, is no different than, you know, just a, a really fast lynching. No questions asked. Well I didn't know. I could get the audio of her crying. <laughs> What's the point? So two year sentence, she's got a lot. when she gets off for good behavior, she'll be in there for a couple of months, maybe. And then, then she will whatever. And then she'll be another hero to the Fox News viewers, and especially to everyone in the villages. They're gonna love her. Uh like uh Kyle Clusterfuck and, uh, what's his name? Uh, George Zimmerman. Those are their heroes. I tell you, this world sucks. I'm only hoping that when the midterms are all around, decency and people in this country will prevail. Man, am I being too hopeful? Yes. Yeah. So how are those gas prices doing, huh?
1: They're screwing us, the prices. you
4: Gasoline is a luxury, and you deserve only the very, very best. At Cartier Petroleum, we start with only the finest oil, drilled with natural diamond drill tips and extracted by manually pumping whale saliva into deep core wells beneath pristine spring-fed lakes. Every gallon of this light sweet crude is then hand-refined by Tibetan Sherpas and taste tested. This nearly pure 99.5 octane liquid automotive ambrosia is then filtered through a bed of naturally grown French truffles and infused with saffron. Then, it is mixed with Chateau L'Emission au Briand 1989, aged for seven years in redwood casks and fed to rare red uakari monkeys from the Amazon whose digestive systems have been genetically engineered to remove all remaining impurities. Solid gold Bentley tankers then deliver it to your local refueling salon. Why does Cartier Petroleum refine the most expensive fuel in the world? Because you are refined.
1: We're turning you on. Go, go with Truth
4: in Radio. The Brit Summons
2: Show at thebritsummershow.com.
1: Woke up this morning, gas was up to 521, that's a gallon. Big oil companies are giving us the big and wrong. Tomorrow morning, it'll be as high as 620, oh lord almighty. Nobody's gonna tell them to stop, but they just ain't got the ball. Woke up this morning, got my ass screwed. It was up to six ninety nine. dollars 99 each morning. Protests ain't gonna do much good. Exxon, Shell, Sunoco, BP, Chevron, Texaco.
2: Gulf, F. Phillips, Conoco, taking it as far as they can go. It's all about what the market will bear. And what the hell is it gonna take to make those greedy bastards put on the brakes? Woke up
1: this morning, I know the price high, I bought myself a buy, no regulation, and no chance of capital price, woke up this morning, I, I got a new buy, I bought myself a buy, I bought myself a buy, I bought myself a buy.
2: Okay, now you have heard the Brit Summer Show in its entirety. And programming note, uh, I will not be here next week, which as you know, my mother's not doing well and I have to go up to the southern part, southernmost region of the villages, which is not going to be fun, but it must be done. So I, I will be away from the microphone for a week and, I, and I'll come right back and do more, whether it's on the air or a, a po- podcast. So what I don't understand it. Have podcasters risen to the level of authority now? I mean, I mean they're featuring, uh, what, Alex Jones on CNN now? Mr. Podcast? Podcast, I'll say it again, is something that falls on the floor when you open your laptop. It just comes included with the operating system. It's just junk software. And now... People who belong in an insane asylum, which most of them are gone now, thanks to Reagan, have podcasts. And uh, that's why I talk it down. I mean, if this show goes off the air, it's just going to be a podcast. But now the press, the media, is regarding podcasters like Steve Bannon as authority figures now. So does that tell me that I, I am an authority figure now because this is half a podcast? I mean, I, I didn't even get an autobiography or a uh, biopic like Weird Al Yakovic. I didn't even rate that. And I did funnier stuff than he ever did. Although it wasn't as well produced. I already went over that. But yeah, Weird Al Yakovic gets a biopic. I don't. That filthy dirt pot Joe Rogan gets a hundred million dollars. I don't. So should I change my attitude about it? Or should I go like, do you know who I am? I have a podcast. I'll have you know. To anybody who has ever worked in radio, this comes as a surprise because uh, it was once regarded, radio was once regarded as the lowest form of entertainment. The way it used to go, you had the film industry on top, then just below that television, and way, way down at the bottom was radio as a form of entertainment. Always been that way up until at least 20 years ago. And now you've got, I I would say, video streaming is on top. Then the film industry. And I would say video streaming is now the top form of entertainment uh, primarily because of COVID. Then you got the film industry. Then television, which uh, they're both about even now. Radio doesn't even show up in the list, but under that is podcasting, which any irresponsible asshole can do. And if you're a big enough asshole, maybe some billionaire in Sweden will give you $100 million. So that's it for this show. I want to thank my affiliates, Skyhawk Radio, iTunes, FYI Nation, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon, SoFlow Channel, South Florida Talk, Acast, and radio pubic and I said radio public and until next time this is Britt Summer saying
1: I'll see you in a couple weeks